Welcome to the Discipleship Podcast with Pastor Pablo Martinez. We truly believe disciples aren't born, they are made. If your desire is to grow, renew your mind, and go to the next level in the way you live for God, this podcast is for you. Pastor Pablo will be sharing the real heart of a disciple through tough but transformational truths that are sure to confront us. These truths will lead us into establishing the kingdom of God in our lives. Now is the time. Grab your pen, a notebook, and your Bible. It's time to get formed. Come on, give it up for Jesus tonight. Woo! Welcome, CFF, to Formation Friday. Yay! You guys may be seated. I hope you are as excited to be here as I am. Honestly, legit, for reals. I'm really excited to be able to be here tonight and share the word that God has placed in my heart for your benefit. So how about we pray tonight? Yeah? Close your your eyes. Um, Daddy, you're awesome. We love you. And we believe that tonight you have prepared a feast for us. So our hearts are ready. Our minds are open, and we welcome you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. Come on, somebody. (laughs) Um, I want to talk to you guys tonight about faith and vision. I believe that faith and vision are two things that must go together all the time, hand in hand. If we say that we have faith, but we don't have vision, then our faith is purposeless. If we say that we have vision, but we don't have faith, then our vision will always be limited. So God wants us to have both faith and vision. And that's what I want to talk to you today. I want to get started with vision. And for that, I'm going to need the help of my handsome, very good looking cutie, uh, Frank on video. He helped me make this video to exemplify a little bit about vision. Now I asked him for a favor. I told him to help me build a little toy. He's never seen it before. And this is what happened. You guys have the video? Roll it. Okay, everyone. So we have Frank here, our model for today. Say hi, Frank. And Frank is going to help me build this little guy right here with the materials that I have given him, uh, except that he won't be able to see. As you can see, he's blindfolded. So I'm going to try to guide him and give him very clear instructions. And he's going to have to do that in less than a minute. Are you sure? Are you ready, Frank? Let's go. Here we go. Get set. Ready and go. Okay, Frank. So first I need you to get the red shape. Uh, the red shape is the, the biggest one of the shapes, okay? It feels kind of like roundish, okay? And um, I want you to put the eyes um, on top of the red shape, okay? So go ahead and put the eyes on top of the red shape right in the center. It has to be centered, okay? So go ahead and do that. Um, and then once you have done that, I want you to grab uh, the white pieces, okay? So grab the white pieces, all right? They're the long pieces, and I need you to put one white piece um, kind of like at the bottom of the where you place the eyes. OK, so put them at the bottom. Go ahead. Hurry up, Frank. You're running out of time. So put two pieces. They, they need to be they need to look kind of like arms. OK, to the side. So they need to be spread apart about four different holes uh, apart from each other. OK, so go ahead. So once you have put. Oh, look at that. So. Time is up, Frank, so you can take off your fold and see that you fail. <laughs> you fail. That was close. Oh, give it up for Frank. 
No matter how much you are told how to live your life, if you don't have, if you don't have God's vision for your life, you will never be able to fulfill the plans that God has for you. There's a lot of people living their lives in the same way that Frank was trying to build that toy. Simply just trying their best without knowing where they're going. Without knowing what the end looks like. Just trying their best. One day at a time. The Bible says in Proverbs 29:18, without vision, people die. Another version says, when people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. Have you ever seen on TV a stampede of wild animals? What do they look like? Crazy, right? They're pretty much just running with all their might without direction. They're just doing what the animal next to them is doing. They don't know what they're doing. They're just going as fast as they can. They don't have no guidance, no direction. Sometimes they even run all the way into cliffs and all the way into their death. And the Bible says, when you don't have vision for your life, you're running just as wild as these animals. You're running as fast as you can, as hard as you can, all the way straight to your spiritual death. When we don't have vision. You know, when we don't have vision and we're running the wild, we join the stampede of broken marriages. We join the stampede of toxic relationships. We join the stampede of jo jobs that take away our joy, our time, our peace. They break our families. We join the stampede of anxiety, depression, stress, because we're running without divine guidance, without vision for our lives. That is not God's will for your life. Imagine that you're going on a vacation because you deserve it. You've been working hard from home, you know, and you're going on a vacation. So you endure the pain of being at the airport with the new COVID-19 requirements, you know, and you're there and all the hours that it takes for you to get checked in and you endure it because you've been waiting for this vacation. You get on that plane. You're like, okay, now I'm going to sleep for 24 hours. I'm going to sleep. But the lady next to you has a newborn baby. So that baby made it his mission to not let you sleep at all. You know, that's his calling in life. So he's crying and crying and crying. You didn't sleep. So you're restless. You're hungry. But after 24 hours of being in that hell of a ride, you arrive to your destination. Only to find out that you took the wrong plane. Can you imagine how frustrating and disappointing that might feel? But people take the wrong planes all the time in their lives. Every single day, as people make decisions without God, they're taking the wrong planes and ending in the wrong, in the wrong destinations, in the wrong relationships, in the wrong jobs, in the wrong place, at the wrong time. Because they never stop to ask God, what do you think about this? What is your plan? What can you tell me? How do I do this? Without divine guidance, people run wild. That's not God's plan for you. I'm not here to give you the bad news. I want to give you some good news. I don't want to just point out what is obviously wrong and we see in our world. Come on, somebody. I'm here to tell you the good news. And the first thing I want to tell you, if you're taking notes, is God wants you to, to have his vision for your life because he created you to succeed. Woo! Come on, somebody. Or as Frank would say, shabarabaraba. You know, John 10.10 10 says, the thief, meaning the enemy, has come to steal, kill, and destroy. 
But I, says Jesus, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. So God is giving us two choices. He says, you can either live your life or live it to the, live it to the full. You can either live your life or live it to the full. To the full what? To the full extent of what Jesus conquered on the cross for you. To the full extent of the life that God created you to have. To the full extent of what God can do in you and through you. Imagine yourself going to the most expensive restaurant in the city and you order the most expensive steak. Why would you then sit down and get full with appetizers when you know that that 10 ounce medium rare ribeye steak is coming your way? It doesn't make sense, right, to get full with appetizer when the main dish is coming your way. And the children of God, the Bible says that the Lord has prepared a feast for us in the presence of our enemies. And that our cup is meant to overflow with blessings. So why would we ever settle for appetizers? Why will we settle for living an ordinary life? We're not like the world. Although we live in the natural, we're expected to behave supernaturally. We're expected to walk in the supernatural. Although we live in this earth, this earth is not our home. So our life cannot look like the rest of the world. Can I hear an amen? Amen. <laughs> I amen myself. Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29, 11 says, this is the Lord saying, I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and give you life. Plans, plans to give you hope and not to harm you, not to hurt you. So don't settle for appetizers. You know, God didn't create, God didn't just create you and then abandon you. He's not that kind of father. Psalms 139.15 says, You saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. How precious are your thoughts about me, Lord? They cannot be numbered. You know, God loves you so much that from the minute that he thought about you, the minute that he created you, he also laid out a whole plan for you. You came with the, with the manual. Your life is written as successful. He made you to succeed. He loves you that much. And when we walk according to his purpose, when we submit our ways to him, we see those plans come to pass. Can somebody testify to that in your life? Come on, somebody. And you know, amen. Woo. Don't mistake having a successful life as a life without pain. And let, let me just be real right here. A lot of times we think that success means I, I get everything I want. I get everything I work hard for. I always, I always get my way. That is not success. That might be success the way the, the world sees them, but that's not the way that God sees success. Real success is fulfilling the purpose you were created for. That's real success. Yeah, the Apostle Paul, he's so, he's a savage, right? He, he says it like, like it is. He's so extra. In Acts 20, 24, he says, this is him. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. That's the truth right there. Our lives are. Ultimate purpose is not to get the best car or the best home or to have a happy life. Our ultimate purpose in life is to finish the work assigned to us by God from the minute that we were created. Say with me, I have purpose. 
Do you believe that tonight? Come on. Amen. So that is why we need God's vision for our life. We don't just need any kind of vision. People in the world got vision for all sorts of things. But we need the right kind of vision. We need God's vision for our lives. Amen? <clears throat> a Christian without vision is like a soldier without a mission. Let me say it again because that was pretty good. A Christian. <laughs> did I just minister to myself? Yep. So a Christian without a mission is like a, a Christian without vision is like a soldier without a mission. He's got, he's wearing the uniform, he's got the weapons, he's got the training, but without a mission to put into practice the training and use the weapons, it's purposeless. Amen? So a Christian, in the same way, a Christian without vision is a wasted life. Now don't get mad at me. I don't, I don't, this is the, what the Bible says. I'll prove it to you right now. Don't hate. 1 Corinthians 9, 24 to 26. This is the Apostle Paul. Again, savage right here. But he says it like it is. And he's talking to us and saying the following. He's talking to Christians like you and me, by the way. He says, do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. Therefore, because of all the things I just said, therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. So Paul is giving us two examples of what it looks like to have a life without vision. The first example he gives us is of races, runners running a race. So imagine these runners starting a 100-meter race, right? They're positioned themselves. They're ready in the startup line. The gun goes off, and they take off with all their might. They start running with all, all their might, but they all start running in different directions. Some run north, some south, some east. It doesn't matter how much they have trained for this race. It doesn't matter how hard they're running. Unless they are running towards the finish line, they don't stand a chance of winning. And it doesn't matter how hard you try in life. It doesn't matter how many jobs you get, how much you stay up late, how many degrees you get. Unless you're aiming at the right target, you will not win. Because success is fulfilling your purpose. Amen? And then he gives us another example. He says, I could be the strongest boxer in the arena. I can have the best moves and the fastest footwork and the best swings. And he says, and I can throw the, the strongest, toughest, uh, um, you know, what is it called? Shots or what is it? Punches. I can punch as hard as I can. But as long as my, unless my punches hit my opponent, I will not win. So Paul is saying, Christians, make every punch count. Make every swing count. Run towards the prize. Run with aim. You get one life. You get, you get one life to run. And he's saying, don't get none of this nonsense in your life, purposeless life. No, don't run aimlessly. Run as if you're getting the prize as you see it ahead of you. Don't run aimlessly. Run as to win the race. Say with me, I'm meant to win the race. 
Amen. You know, famous people and athletes all over the world have understood this principle of vision. I want to read to you guys some quotes from some of these people. Mark Twain says, I can teach anybody how to get what they want out of life. The problem is that I can't find anybody who can tell me what they want. And all the ladies say, ah, (laughs) senor. And then Michael Angelo said, ooh. He said, the greatest danger for most of us is not that our aim is too high and we miss it. It's that it is too low and we reach it. Ouch! Him and the Apostle Paul should have been friends. And then Napoleon Hill says, whatever the mind can conceive and believe, it can achieve. These are non-believer people, by the way. You know, they're saying some really important truth, some some real truth right there. But they're not saying anything new. God has been saying the same thing all along. You know, Proverbs 23, 7 says, For a a man thinks in his heart, so is he. In other words, he's saying, whatever you have vision for, that you'll become. Whatever you set your mind on, that you'll become. For a man thinks in his heart, so is he. You see the power of vision in our lives? You see why why God desperately wants you to have vision for your life? Because as you think of yourself, that you'll become, whether for good or bad. It is his will that you have his vision for for your life. Amen? So where do we get vision? Okay, I get it. I need vision. Where? Where do I get it? Well, simple. In the word of God. That is my next point. God reveals his vision for our lives through his word. John 6.63 says, the Spirit alone, alone gives eternal life. Human effort accomplishes nothing. And the very words I have spoken to you, meaning the Word of the Bible, are spirit and life. The Word of God is spirit and life. You know, we need to aim our lives and vision at steady targets. And let me say that again. We need to aim our lives and vision, we need to aim at steady targets. What do I mean by that? You know, people's opinions, finances, anything this world can offer you is always changing. It's a moving target. And if, you're, if you base your vision on anything this world can offer you, it's like you're shooting at a moving target. You're going to miss it. That's why a lot of people live their lives frustrated because they miss every shot they take because they're aiming a moving targets. There's only one thing that is immovable. There's only one thing that remains forever, and that is the Word of God. The Bible says, this world may pass, but my world world remains forever. I want to base my life vision and my moves on something as steady and stable and sure as the Word of God. Amen? Not as this ever-changing world that one day says marriage is this way, or and the other day says it's this way. Ever-changing, moving targets. If you aim that way, you lose every single time. And it's not God's way that you lose. Aim at what the Word of God says. That should be your steady target. Amen? Say with me, I got a steady target. It's the Word of God. You know, the Word of God has the ability to change us, but it never changes itself. Ain't that awesome? That's how steady the Word of God is. The Bible says on Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active and sharper, sharper than a double-edged sword. It pierces through our soul and spirit and it exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Come on, somebody. We need that. Ooh, we need so 
don't want to expose our innermost thoughts and desires. We need it. We do. We do. You know, sometimes we want, we want people to get us like they don't get me, but we don't even get ourselves, right? Thank God the word of God gets us. Thank God he's not giving up on us. Thank God we haven't like frustrated them enough to run away from us, right? So we need the word of God in our lives. I hear a lot of times people say, I feel lost. I'm going to go find myself. And then they leave the church. They walk away from God. And they pretty much abandon anything that is offering any direction into their lives because they think they need to go find themselves. And my thing is like, how can a, how can a lost person find themselves? What a lost person needs is not to find themselves. They need to be found. What a lost person needs, or well, the best thing a lost person can do is not find themselves, is find Jesus. Because he knows what's up. In fact, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So if you're feeling lost, find Jesus. He'll show you the way back to the Father. He'll show you the way back to the kind of life that he came to die for you, which is good because he came so that you may have life to the full. Amen? Is anybody receiving that truth today? <laughs> That's right. Knowing the word of God will reveal to you the plans of God. And knowing the plans of God will give you the right vision for your life. But ultimately, it's your obedience that will get you to the blessing. It's your obedience that will get you to the blessings. Obedience to the vision of God for your life is the only thing that can guarantee your success. Amen? You know, God gave Abraham a vision, right? He told him, I'm going to make you a father of nations. Your descendants are going to be as numerous as the stars. But the problem was that Abraham was really old. He couldn't have babies anymore. His wife was barren, sterile, right? So neither one of them could have children. They wanted kids all along, but they had lost all hope for even just one child. So I can only imagine that when God came and gave him this promise, you're going to be a father of nations and your descendants as, descendants as numerous as the stars. It had to be hard for Abraham to believe because he was hopeless about this particular thing. And it's really hard for us, if we are real, to believe God's promises when we have become hopeless about that one thing. When we have lost all hope and we, we feel like, man, God, I, I can't believe you because I've lost. I feel helpless about this situation. But you know what is the crazy thing? That God knew where Abraham was. God knew that he was probably struggling with this. But God wanted Abraham to stop focusing on his inabilities and start focusing on the possibilities that God was presenting to him. He was saying, I know what you can do. I don't, you, don't need, you don't need to tell me what you can do. I'm trying to show you what I can do. So he's like, get out of your tent and look up. You see those stars? That's what I'm talking about. I'm trying to tell you that you don't have enough faith for even one child, but I already saw you as a father of nations. And I just wonder how many of us still stuck inside of our tent. 
How many of us, we're stuck in the common, in the things that are normal to us, in those things that are a safe zone, those things that we have accepted as normal when God is saying, that's not normal. It's not normal that all you're hoping for is a boyfriend. Look, look outside. I have a marriage for you. I have a family for you. Stop looking inside your tent. Go outside and stop looking at your limits and focus on a limitless God. Don't tell God what you can do. Listen to what he says he can do for you. That's what we need. Tell the person next to you, that's what I need. You know, I honestly believe that our limitations don't get on the way of God's plans for our lives. I believe that our limitations are just an opportunity for God to show himself strong in us. The Bible says that his power becomes perfected in our weaknesses. And the Bible says, let the weak say, I am strong. So our limits are just an opportunity for God to work amazing things in our lives and get the glory. And then people see it and we testify and more people believe in him. Our limits, stop calling them limits. Call them opportunities for God's power to be displayed in your life. Say it with me. I have opportunities. Not limits. Trust God for what he's promising. You know, the Bible says that all promises that God has made are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Woo! Hallelujah. We have a good God, man. He is good. So I want to move into the faith part. My next point, we need faith to carry out the vision of God for our lives. If you're taking notes, write that down. We need we need faith to carry on with the vision of God for our lives. You know, at the beginning of the preaching, I said, if we have faith without vision, then our faith is purposeless, right? And the Bible says that. I don't say that. This is what the Bible says on James 2, 14 through 17. It says, what good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have faith but has no action? Can such faith save them? In the same way, faith by itself, if it's not accompanied by action, is dead. You foolish person, do you want evidence that faith without action is useless? Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together and his faith was made complete by what he did. His faith was made complete by what he did. You know, you only need a little bit of faith to begin obeying. You know, Abraham probably just had enough faith to walk up the mountain with his son. He probably just had enough faith to put him, lay him down on the altar. And he probably just had enough faith to raise the knife. And guess what? God provided according to his faith. As God saw Abraham's obedience in action, he responded to that obedience and he provided. And the Bible says that as Abraham obeyed, his faith was completed. Meaning after God intervened, his faith grew. If we just take the first step of obedience, guess what? Your faith is going to grow. You only need enough faith for the first step. As you take the first step, your faith is going to grow. And it's going to be enough for the next step. You know, a lot of times we say, you know, uh, I'm waiting on God. 
Don't wait to summon enough courage and faith to, to start obeying. Don't say, I'm waiting on God when God is waiting on your obedience. Mm-hmm. That is right. We need to take a step. And guess what? He, he who began the good work in you, he will be faithful to complete it. So he's going to give you enough faith for whatever next step you need to take in life. But you have to take the first step. There's a lot of Christians believing, but not a lot of Christians obeying. Yes. There's a lot of Christians believing, but not a lot of Christians obeying. But believing without obeying is pointless. If you say that you have vision, but you don't have action, then you don't have vision. You have a wish. If you have vision for getting married and you're still just hanging out with the same three people that you know you're not getting married to, they don't love you like that. You don't love them like that. And you're not being intentional about making new friendships. You're not working on yourself, getting ready to be the best husband and wife that you can be. You're not paying off your debt. You're not saving for your wedding or a ring. You're not getting ready. Then you don't have vision. You have a wish. And the problem is that God does not grant wishes. He's not a genie. He doesn't respond to our wishes. He responds to our faith, to our action. Amen? If we have vision, then we need to add action to it. You know, Frank, uh, Frank and I, we, well, you guys know our story, right? Like we, eight, eight years ago, we began to have this desire of being parents. But the doctor said, you can't be parents. You will never have children. But the word of God, okay, yes, you said the doctor, but the word of God in Exodus 23, 25 says that none of the children of God will be childless. So bye, Felicia. Thank you for nothing. I believe God, right? And so Frank and I decided we're going to believe God. So I said the vision takes faith and faith is action. So Frank and I started acting according to our vision. So we began to build a nursery. We bought baby clothes. We hired the best nanny in the world, Karen, if she's, watch, she's watching. We started looking into uh, FMLA, family leave for uh, maternity leave. We started uh, practicing with all the kids, with other people's kids, you know. We would be in the car, Frank and I driving, and I would make baby noises and, and pretending like, oh, baby, this is what, what's going to look, sound like when we have our kids. And he's like, yeah, you know. And we were like, we were acting like we were parents. Somebody that didn't know us would probably think that we were parents. We we did everything and prepared everything. The only thing that was missing was the baby. But man, we gave God so much material to work with. He gave us a promise and we gave him actions. There's no way God was not going to respond to that kind of action. Like he was bound to his promise. And the minute that we said, okay, we believe what you say. So we're walking in that promise. He's like, well, I guess I got to fulfill it. And he did. He fulfilled what, he's, what he promised because the Bible says all promises, again, that Jesus, that God has made are yes and amen. He's not a man that he should lie. He doesn't make promises that he cannot fulfill. So start walking in obedience. Add action to your vision. You know, I heard a pastor say, never let yourself forget what God has already done. Always remind yourself what he's currently doing and relentlessly confess what you believe he will do. 
You know, maybe if instead of us complaining so much about what God didn't do or what he's not doing and comparing ourselves to other, other people's stories and, you know, maybe we stop complaining about how green the grass on the other person's house is. Maybe if instead we will invest the same amount of energy and focus in watering our own grass that we already have, maybe we wouldn't have to wait so long for our promises to come to pass. God was never limiting Abraham. Abraham was limiting himself. Get out of your tent. Tell the person next to you, get out of your tent. <laughs> you know, someone, you got you, you to gotta put action to your vision. You need to take a step. You need to give God something to work with. It's easier to steer a moving car than to drive a car that is parked in the parking lot. Some of you... <laughs> Some of you should be married by now, but you're stuck in the parking lot. You don't want to move. Some of you should have a cell group by now, but you're saving your parking spot. You, you, you like it there. You don't want to struggle and go find another one. You're afraid of letting go of what is familiar or what is comfortable. And God is saying, why are you so caught up with your parking space? I got a whole garage for you, man. Get out. Start moving. Unless we move, how can God give us direction? A parked car does not need direction. A moving car does. Tell the person next to you, get moving. And you know what? The worst thing, that don't be afraid. The worst thing that can happen is not that you try and you fail. The worst thing that can happen is that you never try. And I like it how Hockey Hall of Famer Wayne Gretzky, Gretzky is a hockey player. He said, you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. That ain't that the truth. So go ahead, man. Try. And you know what? God is so good that the Bible says in Proverbs 3, 6, that if we submit our ways to the Lord, if we submit our life and ways and decisions to the Lord, and in the process we make a mistake, the Bible says, Proverbs 3, 6, that he will be faithful to make our path straight. And in other words, as my good Hispanic people would say, si la riegas, if you mess it up, the Lord will be faithful to make it straight, to bring you back to his path. So what do you got to lose? Right? We got to move. We got to move, man. We have a God whose vision for our life is immeasurably greater and more than we can ever dream and imagine. Don't settle for appetizers. Don't settle for the common. Don't settle for that mediocre life. I hear music. The last point I, I, I want to say is, oh, <laughs> Lord, perfect timing. Last point, I, I, I'm going to finish with this point. Don't let your vision be driven by what people think of you. Somebody needs to hear that today. Me. <laughs> Don't let your vision be driven by what people think about you. You know, I had... I've had people come to me and tell me, oh, you're amazing. You bless my life. You're like a great leader. I love being next to you. And then I have people text me how horrible I am, how much I hurt them, how much I suck as a leader. Two people thinking two different things about me at the same time. So who's right? Who's right about me? I tell you who's right about me. God. God is. I am who God says I am, and I can do what God says I can do, and so can you. I refuse 
to submit my future and dreams and visions to another human being or what another human being thinks about me. If we're going to believe God for higher things, then we need to start moving on higher grounds. It is like that. You know, think about chickens. Chickens' vision is very limited because they're always looking down, just pecking to see what they can get within their, re their reach. But think about eagles. Eagles' vision is bigger, is wider, broader. Why? Because they are always on high places. They're always soaring on high places. And chickens and eagles, they kind of look alike in some ways. But a chicken will never understand an eagle's mentality. Which one do you think God created you to be? A chicken or an eagle? Uh, you best believe he made you an eagle. But guess what? Chickens will never understand an eagle's mentality. They can. Even if they try, they can because they've never been with eagle, where eagles have been. They have never seen what eagles can see. They don't soar high like eagles can soar. They may look like eagles or have some qualities like eagles, but they're not. So don't worry if people, don't worry about what people think about you. Don't worry if people think you can't or can or cannot do or can do this and can don't worry if people criticize you if people think that your dreams and visions are too high that they think you're too much for what you're dreaming for they don't understand you they're chickens don't spend your time and effort and energy trying to convince a chicken to think like an eagle just keep soaring high Just keep living the life God called you to, to live. Just keep moving in the direction that God is moving you. And soon enough, those chickens bothering you will get out of the way. Do not submit your future and your vision to the word of people. Submit your life and vision to the word of God. One needs to be louder. Either what people think and say about you is louder or what God think and says about you is louder. Only one of them is good for you. And it's what God thinks about you. It's what God says about you. It's what God says that you can do and what God says that you need to be. I want you to stand up where you are. God wants vision for your life. God wants faith for your life. And your part is obedience and action. Close your eyes, please. I really believe that there's people here that you've been staying in your tent for so long, too long. You're past overdue. And God is telling you it's time to put action to your vision. It's time to start walking according to the vision. Give me something to work with. Start moving and I will give you divine direction. I will steer you in the direction of your success. But you got to start moving in faith at the word of God. Start moving in faith. Seek my vision for your life, says the Lord. Submit your ways to me and I will make your path straight. If you need this for your life, raise your hands tonight. And we're going to pray together. And if you're, you're at home, if this is something that you need in your life, stand up where you are. Get off your couch. Even summon just enough obedience to get off your couch.
And today we need to determine whatever God has been speaking into your life, whatever he has been challenging you to do, whatever stars he's been showing you, whatever vision for your life he's been giving you, whatever dreams you've been praying for, whatever miracles you've been praying for, he says, stop looking at your limits and start looking at me. I'm a limitless God. See what I see. Come out of your tent and see what I'm trying to show you. This is the future I have for you. I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Lord, I just pray, God. I know there's miracles right here waiting. I know miracles here are waiting on our obedience. Lord, we know it's not on your side. We know we don't get, we're not waiting for you. You have conquered it all for us. All promises are yes already and amen already. So you're waiting on our obedience, God. Lord, give us the strength, enough strength, just a little faith to take the first step, just a little even to obey. And guess what? I know we already have it. I know we have that much faith to start obeying. So I just pray right now, Father, for people. There's people listening even right now to this preaching that God is saying, you've been settling for a lifestyle that on the weekend is really exciting, but it leaves you broken from Monday through Thursday. He says, that's not the life I have for you. It's not my will that you will be broken, that you will feel so constantly rejected. God is saying to you that you're watching right now on television. God is saying the life that I have for you is greater, is better, is fuller because I created you with purpose. I have a vision for your life. Find Jesus. Turn to Jesus. He is the creator and perfecter of your faith. You need him. You need him. We need him tonight. So why don't you just start telling him in your own words, Jesus, I really need you. God, I want your vision for my life. Give me strength to take the first step, to start moving, to get out of that relationship that you're telling me to get out, to start looking and applying for the job that you promised me all along to prepare myself to position myself for the blessing to the point that i give you so much obedience that you can help yourself but to bless me raise your hand god i bless these people tonight that the word that has been spoken tonight god will produce fruit in their lives I pray, God, that this word spoken tonight will fall in a heart that is fertile, in a heart that will produce fruit. Father, I know your word is living and active. I know your word never comes back empty. So I confess that every single person listening tonight, right here in person and on television, God, or whatever they're watching online, I confess that they will see fruit of obedience and faith in their lives. In the next days coming, God, they will start making fearless decisions. They will start moving in the direction of the vision that you have given them all along. And as they move, their faith will be completed. Their faith will grow enough for the next step. 
Thank you, Lord, for being so faithful to us. Thank you for being so good to us. We are grateful for you, Lord, and your plans for us. Would you just tell him thank you? If you believe he's been good to you, say thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. We love you, God. And we thank you and we pray all these things in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Woo! Hallelujah! Thank you, God. Come on, give him a round of applause. He's so good to us. Thank you, Lord. Amen. You, you may be seated. God bless you guys. We hope to see you here next Friday. Pastor Pablo will be back. Uh, we encourage you to tune in on Sunday for an amazing word by our beautiful Carla. Carlita, over there, raise your hand. She's bringing the fire of the word of God, so tune in on Sunday. Okay, God bless you guys.